to another live cast here at Sacred Anarchy Live. We have a very philosophical, uh, deep thought uh, presentation, conversation that we want to have with you guys today. So I want to thank you guys so much for your support. We are seeing uh, our subscribers grow on Rumble and BitChute. So if you are unable to make our live cast live, you can always check the replays over at Sacred Anarchy's uh, Rumble and BitChute uh, social channels. Uh, if you haven't already joined the Sacred Anarchy Live Telegram group, that might be another place for us to connect, uh, also to share your thoughts on the shows and just to continue the conversation. So I also want to give a warm welcome to Chad. Good evening, everyone. So we are going to be discussing the ego today. And so we have lots of different uh, references that we're going to be doing, but also just a, there's a lot of teaching in this one. Um, we do want to leave you guys with things to ponder, things to start to watch out for, even certain behaviors, maybe within yourself or even your own friend group. These are just things that we're bringing out from the uh, the shadows, if you will, out of the unconscious and bringing light to them and bringing them into the conscious reality so that we can all start to see just how we got here as a civilization, how we can heal uh, ourselves and ultimately do the great work. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our chat today. Here we go. All right. So episode four, group ego escaping group narcissism. And Chad has been very creative these days with his memes. <laughs> Diversity is our strength. So we are going to be diving deep into the ego today, specifically the group ego, which maybe you haven't even heard of before. Um, but what really spawned this conversation for us today? How did we come up with this topic, Chad? We had... Uh... Several conversations in, in recent weeks as to how um, individuals and their own uh, are seemingly, you know, intelligent, you know, reasonable human beings. But when they become part of a group, they become irrational, unreasonable human beings. And what is the, what is the reasoning for that? How does the how does the transformation from an individual to the group radically change one's perspective and and really loss of of individuality yeah and you know really to further on that comment there is that the great work is really if you're going to break it down it's about becoming a sovereign individual and we have to be very mindful about this, this concept we're going to be talking about today, which is the group ego, because it separates you from yourself. And so we are going to be exploring this topic today. And we're just really, we want to plant the seed that individuality, really reconnecting with your true, authentic self is how we create a new world. This is the great work. And the funny thing that I've been seeing and the thing I've been kind of talking with my um, 
my magical collective group. We meet every uh, once a month at the Inner Temple Magic Academy. We've been talking about, you know, what has been considered acceptable behavior. You know, we have been so porn uh, torn apart from our own self that uh, we've started to neglect uh, and even um, what's the word uh, normalize yeah normalize the uh, the behaviors that have become acceptable today when it comes to an organization or a group and and what that really does to the individual when we start to associate or more importantly identify with a group. So let's go ahead and get into our chat. So the group, group mind, uh, breaking it down, the word group comes from the French group, meaning cluster, Italian grupo, meaning a knot, which I thought was very, mm. very interesting um, word for a group of people, a knot, uh, an assemblage of individuals related in some way. And mind to think the intellect, the intellect, qualities of mind or states of thoughts are the way of thinking. So group mind is a cluster of intellectual thought, possibly a knot of of singular thought. Hmm. You know, there's going to be a really good quote that we're going to be talking about a little bit later with Ayn Rand, but this idea that kind of floats around a lot, especially in the spiritual community and even in the uh, the psychological community with Carl Jung's collective unconscious, um, this idea of the collective. Uh, and in this case, we're talking about the group mind. So we are intertwined or entangled uh, with the thoughts or the intellect of the group. So what does that do to ourself, but also in, in our culture? Moving forward. So there's basically three parts or three, maybe. Three, take yeah, there's, there's, there's three types of group mind and group, group minds can be a positive, positive thing. It's not always a negative thing. You obviously have to work with a group of people if you want to achieve a goal, like, you know, building a home or, you know, uh, planting a garden, harvesting a, a large plot of land, you need help. And so uh, the first the first group mind we'll discuss is the hive mind, which I hear this coming up a lot um, with the political um, climate in this in this world. And I, I, I used to use it myself and, and found that the, the word hive mind is is not quite correct because a hive mind is, uh, see here, many minds linked together with powerful cognitive ability, which requires instant communication between all the minds, total integration of all the members' thoughts. And this doesn't mean a lot of people having similar thoughts or having similar outlooks. It, it, it means everyone having the same thought at the same time instantaneously, just like a hive of bees. They work uh, unconsciously or consciously for that singular goal. And there's no other thought. It's almost like a, like an AI or a sci-fi, like Star Trek. You'd, you'd see um, examples of the hive mind. 
Well, it's interesting that you bring up, you know, projects, you know, that's one thing where having a a group mind would be very beneficial, especially if, you know, the group is working towards a goal where it is for the improvement of mankind. It's an improvement of the planet. It's got um, those higher faculties are infused in within it all. But this idea of a hive mind can, you know, just like anything, it has a pole right? There's the law of polarity or the principle of polarity, uh, which basically says that there are, there is not duality. There is not two opposites, meaning good and bad or good and evil, but that they are just at different degrees. So a hive mind can, can be used. And I feel very strongly that this hive mind that we are doing here at Sacred Anarchy and those who are uh, affiliated with our community, uh, we are sending these telepathic uh thoughts amongst the group. I, I notice it within our community of completing each other's thoughts or seeing um, how we're all uh, working towards a common goal. And so, and we kind of know without even laying out all the foundations and the, and the blueprint or the architecture that we all know what is required. And I think that's what this beauty of this idea of a healthy hive mind um, from one pole is to see that we can all work together and we just know what is right, uh, what is moral, what is going to serve the greater good. We have that telepathic communication. But on the flip side, it can also, as you mentioned so eloquently here, the AI. So let's talk about AI for a minute. What would you like to talk about? Well, AI? the idea of a hive mind, and you brought up artificial intelligence. So we're seeing this run rampant right now. Uh, yeah, well, AI is uh, s slowly being introduced to um, uh, replace humans in um, simple, uh, I'd say simple functions of society. Um, we've all stayed on hold with the local utility company or your mm -hmm. cell phone provider and had to have have a conversation with the computer which uh, is scarily getting better and better um and uh, if you've been hip to the chat gpt website that just went live back in november um it's chat gpt's a an ai that's learning humanity as 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 it you know, as it works every day, the, 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 the program is just absorbing information from all over, just becoming more and more aware of human, you know, history, uh, art, music, literature, it just swallows up books and can spit back, uh, prose and the, the, you know, the, 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 rhythm of uh of shakespeare it can um mimic you know john lennon's uh songwriting ability it's it's wow. pretty scary and and now people are messing with Ch chat gbt and just asking it to do asking it to do uh various tasks and i don't know if they really realize they're actually training chat gbt to become smarter and smarter to where and a couple of years that will be almost undistinguishable as to what you're seeing uh, on a on a screen, what you're reading in a, a newspaper, 
was it actually a human involvement in the story or was it completely computer-based? Right. So you were mentioning a couple of weeks ago about Jordan Peterson. He had asked the chat GPT to decide what the 14th rule of life was because he's got, has a book. What is it? The 12 rules of life? 13. Uh, yeah, 12 Rules of Life. Um, and I don't even know if it was his, his first book. I think it was his new, newer book. Oh, okay. Regardless, he he asked the, the, the program to write another rule, uh, f- you know, in the, in the Jordan Peterson style of writing. And it spit it out, I think he said, in three seconds, four, three or four seconds. And it was a little clunky, but pretty pretty darn close to how jordan speaks well i've seen uh this around the the social media i continue to see ads uh for utilizing this uh i guess you'd call it software of sorts um to use it for you know creating blog post ideas or what 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 i what should i make my reel about um there's all of this and then you think about nobody's wants to write the blog post anymore. So then they use this artificial intelligence to go ahead and write it on their behalf. So, you know, what becomes the detriment of this hive mind in the artificial uh, capacity is the, what, the the loss of your own creativity, the loss of access to your own um, imagination. Um, At that point, we've really lost the humanness thoughts well that's a large part of the the intention behind this um program is to remove humanity from functions of society and um you know where are those humans going to go without their their uh ability to earn a living um uh I don't know, but I know the people that are behind this don't really care. Right. So here we're seeing the hive mind on one pole. Sure. Let's all work together to create a new world. Let's, um, we are accessing the collective mind, the group mind to further our beautiful agenda of working together harmoniously and, and being so in sync uh, from our from our psychic or higher higher faculties that we know what each of our roles is but then we look at it from the other side of the pole and it's completely wiping out the entire <laughs> the entire entire need for humanity ex- uh, at all so we're seeing how both poles same same concept right hive mind both poles one ascending humanity one side of the pole ending humanity and then you've got this the my opinion the scariest idea which is the the fusion of ai with humanity which if you've paid attention to elon musk's Neuralink program that's the actual uh insertion of mm. of a you know computer chip or transmitter responder in your head that is connected to the ai so wow so we've got also also an end of humanity we're you know veering towards cyborg status now there we go well 
Let's forward. continue this conversation with the overmind. So the overmind is what what I see in uh, human society um, in the in the present um, the present state. The overmind is uh, described here like a gigantic telepathic colony. It's just like the ants in the picture. It's it's organized under a central um, uh, central uh, you know command uh, that pushes out all the the um, all the orders to everyone else, and they just follow. They mm-hmm. do their part. They you know we call this the order followers, the um, the minions that don't ask any questions and just do as they're told. Um, it's an expansion of the individual. So like an individual that has an individual mind and just like an, any individual, that individual can be corrupted. It can be manipulated. It can be deceived. It can be distracted. Um, I see the overmind is where the vast majority of populations are on this planet. They're, they're just sitting around. They're waiting for someone to tell them what to do, how to live, how to act. Tell them everything's you know going to be okay or everything's not going to be okay. You know, I think I put down. Uh, yeah, it's it's just how the, the military operates. You have a, a general who spits the the orders down the ranks, and everyone just falls in line and does as they're told. Okay, so overmine not sounding not sounding too too lovely here. Very so much like overlord, right? Yeah. So maybe we can replace the word mind with Lord here. So we've basically got hierarchy again. We've got somebody being another mind over ours, right? So the hierarchical mind, the mind that says what you are, uh, commands what you're to think about, commands what you're, uh, what you're going to do. So here we start to really lose the individual. I think this would be where the individual becomes secondary to the overlords. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas the hive hive mind, all the individuals are like stuck together working, you know, simultaneously on the project. The overmind is just, you know, a hierarchy of, of one individual, uh, or it could be a, a group of individuals that have the one, mm-hmm. the one, um, thought the one action that's being um cascaded down to all the other people um but well, all these is absolute loss of the individual if i look at this uh second bullet point here acts only at will of the central intelligence so that's a lowercase w and i think this is important to pull out because when you are in an overmind, meaning someone's mind is above yours, you don't have access to divine will or capital W will, which actually gives you your inner strength. It gives you a strength in what I like to call your, your strengthening your signal of your antenna, right? You are an inner oracle being able to create here in this realm and you are a creator, but it here, it is diffusing your ability to create what you will into existence, right? Acts only at will, not with will, 
of the central intelligence. So here we are losing one of our higher faculties with the overmind group mind, right? So this is important because if you don't understand the, the worlds that exist within you, how would you even know that you are forfeiting having access to that power? Pre-bunk. This is the opposite of anarchy. This is <laughs> this is how the monarchies, the mm. the um, uh, dictatorships, the uh, um, you know whatever we we want to call what we have here, the um, you know so we're an democracy or the we're, we're a little ant colony. Mm. possibly worse possibly worse i mean we have some people that are performing functions in society and uh, a lot of ants that aren't performing any function, uh, uh, functions within the society um well this this final bullet point here can be manipulated deceived and distracted this is very important because part of the overmind's job if you will is to continue to manipulate the lower minds, right? If we've got an overmind, then we've got an undermine, right? We're going to undermine them. Uh, we're going to manipulate them. We're going to deceive them. We're going to distract them because we are the overmind. We own the mind. We yeah. dictate what you think about. Yeah, and we. I don't want to get into it too deep because it's it's um a couple of slides forward, but this um will will bleed over into what will will uh, is called group narcissism, in which uh, intentionally the 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 group prefers this kind of hierarchy because it they give up all their personal responsibility mm. so if the leader's deceived the the ruling party or is is manipulated or deceived um then it's not the worker ant's fault it's the it's the mm -hmm. leader ants fault. Going back to yeah, our so. other episode on personal responsibility. Got it. We won't, I don't want to go into it anymore, but the move forward, which I think is where the solution uh, oriented mind, uh, the egala mind, where all members can share the same mind, memories, thoughts, you know, individual, uh, individuals, and each member is an individual acts independently when desired. Uh, there is no central authority to control or regulate the group. Um, there's an alliance utilizing everyone's unique experience in different fields, making advancements that otherwise would be impossible. So this is like, you know, this is more the voluntary anarchy um, uh, idea of, of society where everyone is, is unique. They have, their own set of skills, their own interests, their um, specialties. And when they need to accomplish something, they call upon all the people that have the special skills. Wow. It's like, you know, the, the Marvel superheroes or uh, DC comics. And they, they harness all those skills to achieve a, you know, a mission, a goal, you know, talking earlier about like, building a home, raising a barn, um, doing, doing things that need to be achieved. And this way they're doing it the most efficient way possible. 
Um, and since they're all allowed to be independent, they can harness and, and work on those skills that they find most interesting. So they're all uh, very, very well suited for these unique tasks. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds like we've got our own personal, this is kind of what we do in the Sophia Rising Leadership Training. We, you, Each of us is creating a movement, right? Our individual, keyword there, individual movements for a larger, more macrocosm, if you will, if you will, movement. So we each have an individual microcosmic movement, right? That we do and we work in our in in service to others. And then that movement is part of a holarchy or a macrocosmic movement. So this is really, and I never even heard this word before, <laughs> uh, but this is exactly uh what we have been doing over the last several years uh, with, you know, you guys creating your movements. So this is where we get to all shine in our own individual talents, but contributing to a larger purpose. And that to me is where we, we get into a thriving civilization. We get into a thriving society, a thriving culture where everybody's unique talents become very important to their own individual goals and missions, but also to the, the macrocosm or the macro goal. Um, they all come together to part contribute to that. Yes. This is, um, this is where some, uh, societies in the, in the past have completely fall, uh, fallen apart where study the, the early, um, early parts of, uh, Soviet, uh, the Soviet Union under communism, they they really tried to implement the the groupthink uh, socialism upon the 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 population, and uh, they they took like the Ukrainian farmers who were very very skilled at farming, and they started to to shut down their farms. They started to try to just force like a, a, uh, a Marxist way of planting seeds and harvesting crops instead of just trusting the Ukrainians who had been farming for generations who knew how to, to do this perfectly, that they just took the, took their skill away and told them how they wanted wow. them to farm. So what happened? The, the crops dried up, the food supply mm. was constricted. They, they caused a mass famine that killed millions and millions and millions of people. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And all, all at the expense because they want control. So again, not honoring each other's uh, gifts, talents, skill sets. I mean, that's yeah. what, a, that's what a thriving society yeah. is filled with. I mean, it's I'm, filled with capable I, civilians. <laughs> I come from uh, a music, musical background. So just, I just picture like a, a band where you know, you got a four piece band and, and all four people just want to play guitar. Like, how are you going to have a band? You, you need a drummer, you need a bass player, you got to have a vocalist, you need maybe some horns. Like it's, it's just the way we're, we're really wired. You get a mind. And I, I think this goes back to that creative, uh, your creativity, you know, flexing that creative muscle, 
using your imagination, seeing what you can create because you are and have an antenna, you are an inner oracle. So to me, this is this is a, a beautiful way to begin our journey uh, collectively to creating a new world. Speaking of journey, it's a journey on to the next. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> but um, bum All right, this is what I was talking about a moment ago, group narcissism. What is it? Collective narcissism, also known as group narcissism, describes situations when groups of people hold a collective belief that their group or organization is superior to others. This isn't the idea of just... Um, uh, you know, a, a bunch of narcissistic people getting together and being narcissistic. <laughs> These are people that unto themselves might not be narcissistic at all, but when they get together, mm. they form this uh, group egregore that uh, it becomes its own thing unto itself. Uh, on a simpler side, just think like, think about football fans and um, how they turn into wild, you know, animals when they, they go to a game and their team's playing and then they get in fights with the other people for the other team. It's uh it's a phenomenon for sure. So uh the the phenomenon comes with a shared assumption that the group superiority is unjustly ignored or unacknowledged by outsiders. Meaning like nobody else gets them. They're they're uh, mm. they're the best, but no one seems to get it. Uh, th this makes the group very defensive towards external validation, uh, very sensitive to threats, and makes them focus on negative consequences for outside groups. These groups can include religion, uh, nationalists, so uh, national pride in your country, political parties, activist groups, sports team affiliations, etc. The, the list goes on and on. Um, well, let's bring that right back to high school. <laughs> you know, let's really water this down for a minute because, you know, when you create a click and that click has got, you know, whatever their core values are, you know, you got to have your hair cut in a certain way. You got, can't wear those shoes. That makes you dorky, whatever the thing is. And, um, you know, to them, you know, they're not understood. So they, um, become defensive, right? They, they, uh, create their own way to, to be individuals, but from a collective standpoint. So they actually are taking on identities of the group versus being an individual and celebrating that. So I think this is where we can really dive into this concept of the political party where, you know, there's so much bashing. It's the liberals, it's the conservative, it's left, it's right, it's blue, it's red. It's that dual uh, duality that has been impregnated into the mind. And if you are, you know, a, a leftist, then you hate on the right. Uh, and that becomes this, this ping pong ball uh, of just no solutions, only uh, more segregation. Yeah, only defense. I mean, the the example I think of is is uh, if if you're if you're an anarchist like me, and you're looking, uh, you're having a, a discussion with uh, a group a group of people. It could be it could be online, whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, 
a problem comes up that said uh, political, you know, office holder um, has done something that's boneheaded and you comment on it. And you, you know, usually like nine times out of 10, the response from the person is, well, what about the other team? They did that thing, you know, immediately defensive. They can't accept that there's some critique about their side of, of the coin. Uh, so they, they have to immediately go on the defensive and point fingers at the other person. Well, and worse, if you disagree, then the group will destroy you. Even if you were on their side of the team, right? If you do not follow the group mind in this specific uh, group narcissistic example, then you will be shunned from the group. So again, going back to high school, it's like, if you don't do what we're doing, you're no longer in the click. And so this is where we, you know, people stay in the group just to feel that they belong, but what they sacrifice in order to belong is themselves, is their own individuality. And in the, the byproduct can be uh, absolute, um, absolute, uh, atrocities, you know, religious groups, you know, we're talking like the, the centuries old, uh, conflict between Christians and Muslims, you know, uh, the current conflict between, um, Muslim and Jews in, in Palestine, you know, people are willing to kill each other, uh, nationalists. This is the, the group narcissism is what fuels public support for wars that gets people so riled up that they're willing to to kill other people hurt other people that they've never met in their life that more than likely are exactly like them outside of the group they just want to live a peaceful uh, harmonious life but once this this narcissism the group gets together the narcissism the egregore gets together they're they're ready to commit ultra you know acts of violence Very prevalent today, this group narcissism. I think we're, you know, we're going to get into some other reasons why um, people like the group here in this next slide. Um, by the process of de-individuation, uh, the term de-individuation uh, refers to a state in which people act differently than they normally would because they are part of a group that provides them with anonymity. It can cause people to behave in impulsive or antisocial ways, sometimes even resulting in violent behavior because they are no longer rest uh, restricted by usual social controls. So, mm. you know, here's where <clears throat> you as an individual, totally cool, good hang, probably like to, you know, listen to some music, talk some shit, whatever. But once you get into that group, the group mind takes over and all of a sudden you get swept away into it or the person does. Um, I've had these happen when I was, when I was a kid, you know, probably a teenager getting into trouble group decides to do some crazy stuff. And yep. next thing you know, you're uh, in jail. <laughs> <laughs> the The picture I, I chose for the, to, to, to uh, show this example is the, um, the January 6th riots um, uh, after the, um, uh, 
the 2020 election. You know, I think there probably almost a million people went to Washington D.C. with the idea of just, you know, showing uh, uh, showing their patriotic support and uh, the for the the process of selecting a new president. And uh, next thing you know. They went fucking crazy and attacked the Capitol and broke windows and fought with police. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, a bunch of those people probably woke up like the next day, like, whoa, what was that? Like, how did that happen to me? So there's this forfeiting of the self again, going back. So when you are an individual, you are connected with your true authentic self. But when you adopt a, a group think and contribute to a, an egregore, a group narcissism, you're forfeiting the self. So, and this is where, you know, this language, you know, we haven't been taught this kind of language in our schooling. So what, at what cost is it to truly lose your individuation? What is it? What does it cost you to do that? And this is, you know, one of the ways, one of the things you're forfeiting is again, the access to the higher faculties. So divine will, you know, your inner power, that signal that, that inner Oracle within you. So when you adopt, so think about this for a second, like if you are willing to sacrifice yourself for a group, even if you don't believe all the things they believe, but all of your friends, all of the people that, you know, come to your Christmas party or whatever, you know, they have played a role in your life. But at what expense is being part of a group done for your spirit? Because the two higher faculties are divine will and spirit. So you are basically saying, I will go along with this plan, this riot, this violence, this group think. And that means I'm okay with giving up access to my spirit and access to my divine will. I really empathize with the, the people that are still in jail from the January 6th riot. Because, you know, if I was you know, fortunate in high school and I had a, an excellent divine will teacher and they really taught me about my higher faculties now that's absolute bullshit uh, <laughs> our whole schooling is is designed to take the individual uh the individual away maybe at some point you you get to go to an art school and they teach you how to be an individual and be creative but um this is exactly what happens through uh 12 years of public schooling in college. You're just, uh, you're, you're stolen of all individuality and God forbid that you join the military because that is the end of the end of the cell. Well, we were just watching that documentary uh, about that one Polish uh, sculptor. Oh yeah. But I forget his name. I got to tell you guys about this. I'll, I'll have to share it in the sacred anarchy telegram group, but there's this documentary about this Polish sculptor and he was just had all this charisma, but he was super anti doing anything that wasn't what he wanted to do. So I think he had attempted to go to art school. So kind of going back to your comment, hun, about uh, going to art school and hopefully you figure out your individuality, but actually even art schools are still 
getting you to think about how to make money with your art or what is trending. There is a lot of uh, indoctrination that still happens even in the creative arts. I mean, I went to fashion school and it was always like, how are you going to make money? You're going to need to have a degree. I mean, there was always some kind of uh, programming to kind of deter you from going about it in your own unique way, because that's not what we teach here. And so, um, it's uh, this gentleman, this, uh, here we go. He just pulled it up. Perfect. Yeah, I found it. Pull it up, Jamie. You got to uh, check out this documentary. Yes. Stanislaus Silkowski. He invented his own language when he was a, a kid. <laughs> God, watch this yeah. documentary. Yeah, I don't want to get sidetracked, but yeah, it's, this is like someone whose mind is like more individual than I think I've ever heard of any anybody being yeah <laughs> and just going against the grain not going to do you know wants to do it in his own way and it's like these i mean this is what makes a good documentary but it, it the reason it makes a good documentary is because it reminds your spirit of what you are capable of so when people watch you know documentaries or any kind of archetype that's you know whether it's tv or a book or whatever when you get touched by an individual it does a spark it sparks the spirit and remember the spirit is part of the higher faculties so this is where you know the people that are doing the avant-garde going against the grain it touches us in a way you know because it re it reminds us of the self because we all have it we just have to tap into it we have to give it access we have to give it a voice so let's um, move on here. What causes de-individuation? One, anonymity. When people are anonymous, their individual behavior cannot be judged. Oh, wow. Two, lowered sense of responsibility. Going back to last week. Uh, the the individuation is more likely when people feel that other people are also responsible in a situation. So basically, being able to pass the pass the the buck to someone else, so that you know it wasn't my fault. It was Bill, you know, or or the classic uh, excuse when I was a kid and I'd do crazy shit. Uh, I'd be like, "Oh, mama, everyone was doing it," you know. And then she'd respond with, well, if anyone was jumping off a bridge, would you do that too? And I was like, yeah, I probably would. I it didn't uh, really, really have much uh, individuality when I was like eight years old. Um, being focused on the present moment. Yeah, being caught caught up in the moment. You're you're uh, you're just, you know, you're not thinking. You're you know, everyone right. starts like, functional. Yeah, yeah. You're you're everyone starts. You know. Throwing, uh, um, you know, eggs at a house. They're throwing rocks at the neighboring kids, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna throw some rocks too," and without any thought in the moment of like the consequences of your your action. So the actions and the emotions just. keeping you in those lower faculties. Yeah. So having high levels of physiological activation. So you're, you know, that's kind of still in the same thing, same idea as the mm -hmm. being caught in the moment. You're, 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 you're in the action. You're at the rally. You're, 
you're part, you know, you're partying, um, uh, which segues to the next thing, experiencing uh, sensory input overload. You've just got loud music, you know, uh, we were watching um, that documentary from uh, Woodstock 99 for, for those of you that um, remember that. If not, the, uh, it was a great party. Lots of bands playing. It was the the late '90s, so the 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 main choice of music was like new core metal, so Corn <laughs> and uh, Biscuit, and a bunch of drunk uh, drunk teenagers, and they just went wild. They just started setting fires and you know pushing over barricades, like rape, uh, violence. I mean, it's it's just wild. And here, you know, we've painted this picture of being a rebel as, as you know, flexing your, how you're different, but actually in many cases, being a rebel includes a, a pack of, uh, of people that are supporting that rebellious act. So is it really doing something different? Is being a rebel really what it's all cracked up to be? So uh, being in a new situation. Yeah. So if you're uh you know, you, you, uh, change schools when you're a kid or you're starting a new job, you mm. know, you worked at your last job for 10 years. Everyone got to know you, your personality, you know, they got your jokes, your sense of humor. Uh, then they, now you're starting a new job and it's like day one. It's like, no one knows you anymore. There isn't uh, mm. there's no rapport built. There's no, right. um, there's nothing to, to make you feel that you can be an individual yeah. you're like on your quote, I think you're, your mom would say, be on your best behavior. So that's like, just be stale. Yeah. So, well, this is important because, you know, if, you know, say you never left your hometown or you, you lived in your hometown your whole life. And it's like, it's very comfortable. And, you know, when you put yourself in a new situation, you are confronted. The self is now being like put out there naked so to speak. And it's up to us to, to become comfortable being exposed, being, um, you know, allowing our true self to show. And I think this really your comfort zone. And this is, um, you know, this is, this is how a large majority of the the societies across the world function the you know the the people like not having to bear the brunt of the responsibility and our first episode uh, we discussed how voting was this hollow act because it it gave you the uh the short-lived virtue you know the sensation that you're you're being involved in the process you're you're going in and you're 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 uh casting your secret vote that no one else knows how you voted, you know, unless you tell them. Um, and when it's all said and done, if the, the, the candidate you voted for wins, they go on to do some horrible things. They cause a, a lot of debt. Um, you don't share the responsibility in that mm. debt, in that, you know, conflict or whatever, it, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you're enjoying your anonymity because you, you know, at this point, you're not an individual. It was the group that did it. It's not your fault 
it's everyone else's fault mm. or it's you know back to the uh the idea of the overmind it's the chief ant's fault that did the, the the deed and so you know point your fingers at him yeah absolutely all right everyone every american's favorite uh way to de-individuate themselves is to get high and drink <laughs> so that's the american way we all love budweiser and uh you know i, I don't even know I'm, I'm out of the building now <laughs> you know oxycontins or xanax or uh you know uh you know a little bit of a little bit of reefer edibles vape pens whatever it may be but yeah you you uh crush the self when you take drugs when you drink you know, yeah. you might be charming for a, a maybe two drinks and then like three drinks in you're kind of an asshole. <laughs> All right. Not me. I'm a, I'm a pleasant drunk. <laughs> you don't get drunk. <laughs> oh, too fast. Um, so the, the, how do we, how do we stop the de-individuation process? How do we uh, reduce mm. it? Um, Number one, eliminate anonymity. Anonymity. Spit that out. So take the person out of the group, remind mm -hmm. them that they're a person, you know, take, you know, tell them their name. They're not, they're not a, uh, they're not a, a Republican. They're, you know. Sally. <laughs> Sally. They're Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Um, <laughs> they're, they're not, you know. Uh, a a part of the you know rabid you know uh, Philadelphia Eagles like post game riot they're you know Tom. they're Bill Tom they're Bill. Tom from down the street like dude get out of this you're you're causing a problem you're gonna you're gonna regret this um, I love the next one which is this is it the mirror work you know increase self awareness by using a mirror you know yeah, or and metaphorical mirror yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, looking at yourself in the mirror, this is, that is the great work. Looking yourself in the mirror is a metaphor for seeing the self again, being reminded that you have a self and that you're not part of a group. You can become, you know, in alignment with some values of what groups do so long as you do not lose yourself in the process. So this concept of mirror work, uh, Carl Jung calling it shadow work, uh, but just really taking a good hard look in the mirror and being reminded of what is behind those eyes, what is behind your outfit, what is behind the labels and the identities and the cultures that you uh, associate with, what is behind that? And that becomes, to me, the great purpose of life. You know, it's the great work, but it's it's the work that counts. And it's also the, the work that keeps on giving, you know, because what is it doing? It's strengthening your antenna. And what does that mean? It means that you become a, a very powerful creator in the universe. So anything that you've been looking or trying to gain from a group, you can do it much faster and much more powerfully and much more specifically if you do it with this authentic self. Yeah, this is a this is a very literal mm -hmm. um literal use of the the mirror uh this is actually from a a um one of the covid lockdown uh 
trying to enlarge the screen. I don't know if I can do that. I don't think you can. You have to stop sharing. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, well. So anyway, during the COVID lockdown protests, um, you know, police have been very abusive to many citizens around the world. And so people actually brought mirrors wow. to the protest and made the police look at themselves in the mirror so that they could see how they were acting, how they looked, you know, talk about like showing the individual mm. that they're an individual, you know, they can dress them all up as, you know, stormtroopers uh, all they want, but underneath all the, all of the, well, they're wearing a mask. uniforms, they're, yeah, they're you know, literally wearing a mask that, yeah, they can see what absolute pieces of shit they were. And, you know, if they didn't drop the the job uh, that night, I guarantee those people went home and thought about like, wow, like this is kind of fucked up. Hopefully. I, I, don't, I don't think I got into this work for, to beat, you know, civilians right. with batons. And then observing the social context to understand their behavior. Yeah. So yeah. you're in the group. This is, I think this is where we start to really see that is in this, when you start to observe instead of contribute or participate, when you become an observer, I think this is like the first step in the great work is to start observing. You know, if you're at a party or you're at an event or you're part of your your group for the weekend or whatever, uh, start to notice, just be an observer. And you will start to see if it's something that you really want to belong to, that you really relate to, that it matches your your core values. You might even start questioning that maybe you didn't know what your core values are. But as soon as you start to become an observer of that social context, there's a shift that takes place. And this is where most people turn around and don't want to look because it's going to require courage. When you start to observe and you start to recognize, wow, I just looked myself in the mirror like the cops at that, you know, event. And you start to realize, wow, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this isn't who I really am. And that is that turning point as are you going to be courageous enough to make a different decision that is more aligned with who you really are? So let's get down to the, the master of, yeah. of uh, public manipulation. Oh, not Ayn Rand. There he is. Mr. Propaganda yeah. himself. <laughs> Edward, Edward Bernays uh, said, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in a democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. There it is. So this, this person knows exactly how to play the mind, you know, specifically the group mind. Yeah. How to resonate with you know, with the people, how to, how to, how to get the, how to stimulate the ego into acting into the, the will of not the individual, but the will of the person, uh, operating the, 
unseen mechanism. Great book he wrote, Propaganda. If anybody hasn't read that, it's a short read. Everybody should read that book. Yeah, everyone should read Propaganda. Edward Bernays is Sigmund Freud's nephew. Uh, he was largely responsible for for Sigmund Freud's, you know, later life career being and just the, know, the industry quick. of advertising and marketing and just yeah, the manipulation of the mind. You know, you think you're interested in one thing because you like it, but was that planted? Because that is that is the definition of yeah. propaganda. And he individually had no conscious about what he was doing. He knew exactly that he was manipulating the 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 population at large to do immoral, like horrible things. And, um, you know, he, he really didn't care. You can see him in later interviews. You know, I think one of his first real big um, projects was to advise uh, the U S government to convince the people to support world war one. Um, and for people to join the, join the military. All right. A collective, this is Ayn Rand. A collective mind does not exist. It is merely the sum of endless numbers of individual minds. If we have an endless number of individual minds who are weak, meek, submissive, and impotent, who renounce their creative supremacy for the sake of the whole and accept humbly that the whole's verdict, we don't get a collective superbrain. We get only the weak, meek, and submissive. So, in uh, pushing the the individual again, fierce fierce individualist, she um, knew that that as we were talking about earlier tonight, the the strength is the individual. You know, it's the it's the combined efforts of a bunch of unique individuals making a strong mm -hmm. society, and that the people that you know are just falling into uh, a group think a group mind are they make it weak meek submissive absolutely so kind of see here is kind of like the turning point you know as much as there's this is a heavy conversation uh heavy uh, topic that when we strengthen our self right we do the mirror work we we start to figure out who we really are when we do that when all of us are on that same path which is what we're doing at sacred anarchy right we're all on this path doing the great work becoming sovereign individuals that is the weapon that is the power the true power lies in the individual and the individuals hanging out with the individuals now we've got a real chance at creating a very powerful planet a very healthy civilization and one that honors all of our differences i mean it almost sounds too good to be true because that's how far down the rabbit hole this concept of groupthink has gone. Yeah, you see this all the time. The past few years, the the phrase, you know, this is for the public good. This is for, um, you know, the safety of everybody. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's uh, no submissive behavior is ever going to amount in good for the public. Right that's that's going to lead the public to to do to to do awful things to be um in awful places it's uh 
again, the opposite of anarchy. All right. So here's from the Stoic, <laughs> Roman Stoic, uh, Seneca, or it is dangerous to attach oneself to the crowd in front. And so long as each of us is willing to trust another than to judge for himself, we never show any judgment in the matter of living, but always a blind trust and a mistake that has been passed on from hand to hand finally involves us and works our destruction. It is the example of other people that is our undoing. Let us merely separate ourselves from the crowd and we shall be made whole. Mm. But as it is, the populace defending its own iniquity pits itself against reason. And so we see the same thing happening that happens at the elections. Where, when, the fickle breeze of popular favor has shifted, the very same persons who chose the praetors wonder that those praetors were chosen. What is an anarchist? One who choosing accepts the responsibility of choice. So as the, going back to the, the political, um, you know, the political example, you know, everyone chooses, chooses a, a, a leader, you know, the, the majority wins, and then the leader turns out to be horrible. And they don't know why they did it. You know, because they 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 fell into the the group thing. They fell into the the overmind how to think. The 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 avenues of propaganda that we see in today's society don't they don't tell you how to think. They tell you what to think. Right. It's you know, do this, act this way, and if you don't, you're not. You're not this. You're not that. You're not part of this society. Yeah. This 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 line here it is the example of other people that is our undoing powerful let us merely separate ourselves from the crowd and we shall be made whole now here's the thing a lot of people in this group uh think this group mind they have obviously we've mentioned they forfeited the self but they don't feel whole so it's like this this strange paradox that they've traded in their self, right, which could make them whole for a group which they thought would make them feel whole because they belong or are part of something. But in fact, it has done the actual opposite. So if we ever want to truly feel whole inside, we have to separate ourselves from the crowd. We have to get to know the person in the mirror. And th at that point, we will start to feel whole. And then anything you choose after you are whole, once you're on the path, once you're doing the great work, any relationships, whether personal, friend, work, career, whatever that ends up being, they start to add value to your wholeness. And, and as, as the individual in you is, is strengthened and as each person is is strengthened in their individuality they don't fall for the shit of the politician they don't fall for the promises of free this or free that because they're not expecting anything from anybody they they're an individual they aren't a group 
changes the whole game. So Juice Merlou, who's a, um, a brilliant psycho psychoanalyst, wrote an amazing book called The Rape of the Mind that I highly suggest reading. Uh, and he says here that the Pavlovian strategy in public relations has people conditioned more and more to ask themselves, what do other people think? Mm. As a result, a common delusion is created. People are incited to think what other people think, and thus public opinion may mushroom out into a, uh, into a mass prejudice. It's like, no one, it's like, what do you think? Well, I don't know. What do you think? It's like, do you have any thoughts? It's like, well, not that I want to share out loud because I don't think you're going to like my thoughts. Well, and there's that, you know, caring what other people think in addition to not only what will other people think is really can be translated into caring what other people think. So therefore also forfeiting the true authentic self to trade it in, to be accepted from a group. So this is a, this is a truly toxic, uh, uh, paradox that we live in where it's like, we want to say what we want to say, what we say behind closed doors, but then we stop ourselves because we care. We want, we are worried what other people are going to think about us. But every time and we're planting a little seed here, every time that you do not say what you think, what, every time that you do not speak your mind, when you do, when you forfeit your views because of fear of judgment, that is a symptom of denying the self. Damn straight. And this is our final slide here. Do not take roads traveled by the public. Pythagoras. Yeah, carve your carve your own path. Find your your own. Take the road yeah, less yeah. traveled. Yeah. You're every, if you're taking your, your own unique path in life, uh, every load, every, every, no every road is less, is, is, is less traveled. You're, you're, you're creating yourself into a unique individual that will be more beneficial to yourself and everyone else around you because you'll have, you know, your own interests, your own, you know, joys, your own experience, your own stories, your and things and values that you're and added value that you're going to add to our civilization. So it's like, I hate when people say like, oh, everything's been done. There's not, there's nothing new under the sun. That is what they want you to believe so that you will stay indoctrinated with this group think, but if this is untrue, there are so many roads to travel, so many new paths, so many new inventions, so much innovation that exists because you are of an inner oracle. You have a piece of divinity that is inside of you. And it just takes enough courage to look inside and say, look, I'm tired of, de of denying myself. I want to be an individual. I'm ready to embark on the great work. All right. Indeed. You know, well, think, yeah. In, yeah. In, 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 uh, Wrapping this up, the just railing home the idea of being an individual and you know understanding that when groupthink is occurring, like seeing when um, 
when it's occurring out in the society, when the the media or other propagandist uh, sources, social media influencers are are hurting you into thinking a, a a certain way about a certain situation, you know, never you just you got to catch these things and step take a step back, ask yourself really what 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 is going on here? Like, why am I being led down this path to think a certain way? And now, now you know that, you know, these methods of, <clears throat> of hurting the mind in the, in the, the social structure, they exist. These are well-documented uh, psychological methods and understanding of, of how we as humans think on our own and how we can be made to think within the group. Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to thank everybody for showing up for the live cast, uh, episode four under our belt. If you haven't checked out the first three episodes, I do encourage you guys to watch them in order. We are doing our best to kind of do this in a very syncretized uh, manner, just to kind of get down the foundation of what sacred anarchy is, um, how disobedience is the sole solution, and obviously taking personal responsibility. Today, we talked about uh, the group think, the uh, the ego, the group ego. And this is all just to start unraveling the psychology that we've been led to believe, which is, you know, we've been, we've been guided to look in the wrong places and that place to look in is really in the mirror. And so I hope that you guys are doing that. If you need support with that, so much goodness uh, on the Sacred Anarchy website at sacredanarchy.org. Um, I do have, um, introductory things. If you want a private sessions with me, if you would like to check out our magic Academy, there's a lot of self-development in there as well. In fact, it's called the inner temple magic Academy because it's an inside job. The great work is, uh, so check out our offerings there at sacredanarchy.org. Be sure to join the telegram group. Uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I do mystery teachings every single day. So there's tons of inspiration there as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. I'll go pay.